You're listening to the Overtime Ireland American Football Podcast. Brought to you in association with OvertimeIreland.com. Now, here's the OTI guys. Hello and welcome back to the OTI Podcast. My name's Colin Kelly and usually this is the point of the show where I say I'm joined by my co-host Doug Moore, but... Doug's gone on vacation this week and uh, with Thanksgiving and so on and so forth and I thought it would be uh, a good way to just get another Moore on this show. Maybe he takes over from Doug, we'll see what happens. It's Michael Moore from Pro Football Focus Fantasy. Uh, Michael, thanks for jumping aboard the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, are you the best Moore that's uh, been on this podcast yet? Or? <laughs> uh, well, yeah, I don't think there's any doubt. Yeah. Uh, and I know uh, it's kind of funny, I think me and Doug are in the same dynasty league and uh, I'm going to say he didn't want to be on because I think I'm killing him right now in that league. I mean, I, I think I'm up a couple games, so I think he just didn't want to face the music. I yeah, guess. I think that's probably probably true, and uh, we all know as well, I, I know I get on to Doug a lot on the show. Is he on Rob Kelly or Matt Jones in that league? <laughs> you know what? I can tell you uh, in two seconds. Hold on. I can definitely think that. Uh, He's a big Rob Matt Kelly, Jones who, guy. by the way, I yeah, I was I personally was way off last week, and I heard about it from... Uh, from several people on Twitter. So hold on, Rob Kelly is no, he does not. Yeah, no, he literally hits. Uh, he hits Matt Jones. I just thought he might have picked up Rob Kelly somewhere <laughs> along the line. Uh, obviously, I mentioned there Doug being away. It is uh, Thanksgiving this week, so to all our U.S. listeners out there and anyone that celebrates the holiday, uh, happy Thanksgiving. Of course, if you don't celebrate the holiday, just sit back and uh, hopefully you'll enjoy some football this Thursday. And then, obviously, heading into the weekend, we will be previewing all those games now in just a few moments. Obviously, coming into the show. Thanks as always for tuning in. Uh, if you're listening on iTunes, Stitcher, tune in, whatever way you're listening. Maybe you're streaming it on the OTI website. Make sure you hit the subscribe button. Come back with uh, each and every week. We will have a new show, new guest, and Doug might actually come back on the show next week. So, <laughs> with uh, with all the plugs out of the way, as I like to say, I have one more plug to do. I'm going to play a read for you now. Then after that, we'll be back to talk uh, all things Week Twelve. Just before we get into the game previews, I want to quickly tell you about a promotion we've got going on here at OTI. You've probably heard this over the last couple of weeks on this show, but it is continuing on and it is with NFL Shop Europe. Their website is europe.nflshop.com and they are giving OTI listeners an exclusive discount of 10% off all orders. That is OTI10 as the discount code at checkout. You save yourself 10% off. And good news, up until this coming Monday, they are offering free shipping worldwide as well. So if you're looking for maybe a hoodie, a hat of that coming into the wintertime, keep your head warm, keep your body warm, check them out. They have all the latest new area gear and so on and so forth. All authentic NFL merchandise. I've even seen some cute uh, baby growth items up on their website over the last couple of days. So uh, check that out as well if you have any kids and want to get them kitted out uh, coming up to the holiday season. So uh, that is OTI 10 at checkout. Save 10% off. And uh, until Monday, they have a uh, free worldwide shipping. And it's europe.nflshop.com. So that is all those plugs out of the way and uh, what we're really here to do is to talk fantasy football, talk NFL and I just want to give uh, Michael a chance, first of all the last few shows we've been getting uh, the guests to give a, a key takeaway from the previous week's action, week 11 in the books. Uh, what was your, your key takeaway from the week 11 slip? Uh, probably all the injuries. I mean, it seemed like we kind of uh, avoided uh, any any mass injury week, but this last week was just a killer. I mean, it didn't matter what position, running back, receiver, tight end, whatever. So 
Uh, yeah, and uh, well, week one I had quite a head on injuries. A lot of the listeners will know that I was high on Keenan Allen coming into the season. So <laughs> week one I took a pretty bad blow. Somebody else that I was very high on coming into the season too was uh, Giovanni Bernard. And uh, mm. well, we know how that went this week. But uh, we'll be getting through them. And I guess uh, we'll start off actually with the Bengals. And, you know, they've had a really, really bad week. We're going to go through a list of injuries uh, over the next kind of 15 minutes probably. And there's so many guys from so many teams. But AJ Green uh, being kind of the biggest name out of all the injuries. Uh, he pulled up with a hamstring injury on the at the very very start of that game and it looked uh you know for the kind of 24 hours after that it was gonna be extremely severe possibly requiring surgery but the news coming out in the last few days seems to be that it's uh, a lot less uh you know serious than first feared but still gonna be quite serious gonna be a number of weeks and i'll still be surprised if we see him on the field this year but you know, with that and with Gio, as I mentioned, having the ACL, how do you see things shaking up now? Do you think somebody like Branton LaFell uh, or Tyler Boyd, who do you think out of those two guys you'd want to own rest of season? I've got quite a few questions on Twitter over the, the last kind of 48 hours on that situation. Yeah, I'd probably go Boyd, actually. I mean, LaFell yeah. is what he is. He's not. He's just not very good, <laughs> quite honestly. <laughs> I mean, he's gotten a lot of volume, but he just is not good at catching. I mean, that's just the facts. But with Boyd, at least I think you've got a pretty high ceiling there. I mean, he did pretty well last week, caught a touchdown. Uh, and between Green and Bernard, that's literally 15 targets that now need to go somewhere. So uh, I think Boyd's got a pretty good shot to uh, to be pretty good the next couple of weeks. Yeah, pretty much uh, 45% of the season's targets uh, through the air have gone to AJ Green and uh, Giovanni Bernard. So I think uh, Eifert's going to be in for a key uptick, but he's obviously getting his targets week in, week out. Maybe add a few more, two or three more targets towards him. Tyler Boyd, as you mentioned, I think is going to be very interesting to see how that shakes out this week. And uh, I'm not a Jeremy Hill fan, but now with the backfield to himself, <laughs> uh, Rex Burkhead, possibly somebody there as well. Might be more in the pass catching role, take over a little bit from Giovanni Bernard. But you know, he's he, obviously with the volume that's going to be involved, he is going to have uh, a lot of value rest off season. Is he somebody that you like? I know I've mentioned a couple of times that I don't like him. Is he somebody that you like? Uh, Hill, you mean? Yeah. Uh, you know, I probably was in the same boat as you. I was not a fan. Yeah. Uh, you know, he had that incredible eight-game stretch his rookie year where I think he won a lot of people leagues that year. But yeah. last year wasn't very good, uh, at least not on a, a per-snap basis. But this year, I mean, he had a couple good games. But, yeah, it's all about the volume now. There's just nobody else there to <laughs> to, to hand the ball off to. Yeah. And even out of the backfield, he probably could pick up a couple catches out of there too. So, yeah, it's, it's, uh, yeah I – and look, for running backs, uh, a big part of it, as you know, is just Boy, the opportunity. Yeah. He's going to get a big one the next couple of weeks. Yeah, definitely. Heading into the playoffs, I think he's somebody that uh, if you had him, uh, I think you're going to see a nice boost in his value. But I'm interested as well to see how Tyler Boyd does because uh, fantasy-wise and dynasty leagues, I've picked him up in a few leagues uh, over the last kind of you know six months, and I think it's going to be it's going to be interesting to see how he does there. I think there's quite a bit of potential for him. Uh, Bernard, the other situation with him is obviously with the ACL injury we've seen guys like Adrian Peterson um, we've obviously seen Jamal Charles come back this year to a lot less uh, success in his way he's come back previously from a successful surgery but uh, obviously his knees at the moment in pretty bad shape and you know it just shows that these uh we kind of think of it as you know playstation players that they're just going to recover come back uh, in that <laughs> predicted time period but the start of his uh, 2017 season now and doubt as well so if you're thinking long term somebody i own in a lot of dynasty leagues he's somebody who who may miss the start of next season hopefully he will have a successful recovery uh, aj green entered sunday on pace for a career high 1700 yards he only needed 36 more yards 
to pass a, a thousand yard seasons and he's he was on track to do that for six straight seasons since he entered the league so uh, a tough blow for him he needs 36 more yards if he does happen to come back I'm sure he'll uh, be able to get that in one game but we'll see if he makes it back uh, depending on how the Bengals do over the next couple of weeks they might shut him down if they are completely out of playoff scenario and uh, at the moment it's not looking too hot for them moving on to some other injury news a CJ process or the Seattle Seahawks he was looking very good over kind of the last two weeks he had a big game against the Patriots and he had a very very nice game this past week as well against uh, Philadelphia until he picked up the injury looks like he's going to be out probably I would imagine uh, for the rest of the fantasy season anyway uh, obviously Thomas Rawls came back in he was on a limited workload but still looked very good but uh, obviously going forward now it looks like he's going to have a, a huge huge workload and somebody who particularly uh, seems to just absolutely love contact I think he learned a lot in his time with Marshawn Lynch last year. <laughs> uh, going forward, how high would you be rating Rawls? Uh, you know, would you have him as a you know kind of top five or top ten running back rest of the season? Uh, maybe not that high yet. I think uh, what was interesting to me, you know, when we had Marshawn Lynch around, we thought that Seattle was just a, a run first team, but yeah. surprisingly, uh, they only attempt twenty four running rush attempts this season so far, which is like twenty third in the league. So last year they had thirty attempts a game. I mean, that's you know six whole rush attempts less than they are actually doing. So. You know, with Rawls, I think I want to see him healthy, first of all. I want to make sure he can make it through a game. Um, and even then, I would say maybe top 10. Definitely not top 5, though. I don't think I don't think the volume's there. I think they uh, are giving it to Wilson a lot more to uh, to throw the ball. And look, they've got weapons that they can throw to. they got Graham. they got Baldwin. So yeah. I don't think they need to rely nearly uh, as much on the running game as they may have in years past. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing how he does. Obviously, I've mentioned on the show a lot this season about how poor the offensive line is and you know with, with the threat uh, of Russell Wilson rushing the ball as well you know up until two weeks ago wasn't there with his mobility issues and uh, I think it's gonna be interesting to see how Rawls slots back in there but again that offensive line doesn't give me a huge amount of confidence but as we no. mentioned as yeah as we mentioned yep. with- <laughs> And I was going to say, not to mention, though, if you've got Rawls, uh, a guy to, to watch out is Alex Collins, too, because, yeah. you know, uh, they're just dropping like flies up there in, in, in the in the backfield. They had, uh, obviously, uh, ProSize go down. They obviously had Michael they cut. Uh, they had Troymaine Pope, who yeah. uh, maybe not a lot of people <laughs> knew. He got hurt last week. Yeah. So, I mean, literally, there's uh, Rawls and Collins, and that's about it at this point. Yeah, because I mentioned with uh, Rawls, he was on a limited workload. They actually wanted to hold him out of the fourth quarter, but then Pope got hurt, so he had, <laughs> he had to go back in. So it's going to be it's going to be interesting to see how it all shakes out. Uh, there's a lot of injuries this week, so it's going to be it's really down to you know the volume situation again. You mentioned with Hill, you know he's going to get that volume going forward. On to the Bears next, Jay Cutler, who hasn't uh, looked all that good since he uh, returned to the starting lineup and hasn't really looked good all season long prior to his injury and um, he hurt his shoulder this past week and it looks like a rotator cuff injury possibly done for the rest of the season John Fox is not so but again I mentioned earlier the difference in the the fantasy season and the re- the real season there's you know a couple of weeks to differentiate differentiate between playoffs and so on so uh, I just think that he's obviously done for the fantasy season. I don't think he had any fantasy value anyway. But somebody who had fantasy value, particularly in PPR leagues, for the Bears was Zach Miller. He's out with a foot injury. And he's a guy who's had so many injuries throughout his career. Very, very unlucky. And people will be surprised to know that he's... Uh, I think he's 32 now. Uh, and he's just had no luck uh, injury-wise. But is there anybody you think, uh, with Jeffrey out as well, that can uh, we do the same as we did last year? We said, or last week we talked about Jeffrey being out and now... Uh, with uh, Miller being out as well, what do you see happening with the Bears? 
Uh, no, <laughs> there's nobody there. Um, I mean, you've got Mer- you've got Meredith who had you know a, a, a very good two game stretch there, but um, other than that, no. And they got Barkley, I think, coming on now at, in place of Cutler if he can't go. So it, no, it's it's going to get real ugly. I mean, I feel probably worst uh, of all for Jordan Howard because he was putting together a pretty good rookie season, yeah. uh, and I think he you know in a vacuum is pretty good, but. When you have nothing else around him, I mean, it's going to, even for him, it's going to be tough. And he's probably going to be the best player on that offense going forward. Yeah, they've got absolutely killed the last two weeks. Uh, you know, offensive line injuries as well down in Tampa Bay. Uh, long one out for the rest of the season. They've just been kind of decimated. And before the injuries, they weren't all that good. So it just goes to show you the situation at the moment. Uh, On to the Cleveland Browns. And Cody Kessler got a concussion again this week, his second of the season. There's talk that he may be shut down for the season with the two of those. Obviously, there was talk last week about RG3 possibly coming back. But it's Josh McCown who's going to get the start in week 12. Um, Obviously, last week, Corey Coleman was back involved. And we see Terrell Pryor again getting the yards, didn't get in the end zone last week. But, you know, with I think with McCowan, these guys have a better chance to put up the yardage because he's definitely somebody who's not afraid to throw the ball down the field. Do you think uh, with him in the lineup, we see a, a little bit of an uptick uh, with, you know, Barnage maybe as well? Man, I hope so. Gary has struggled this season. I don't think he's found the end zone yet. Um, and, you know, he had uh, 10 touchdowns over the last two seasons. Seven of them were from McCown. So, Look, if anyone can get Barnage in the end zone, it's going to be McCown. But you just don't know. I mean, look, I agree. I think McCown and Kessler, actually, who wasn't bad, are the two best quarterbacks on that roster that are healthy anyway or were. So I don't know what to make of it. I mean, there's they've just been really bad this season. And you just hope that, you know, they haven't sort of mailed it in. I mean, I, I hope not. I mean, Pryor's put together a really good season. Obviously, Coleman's really talented. So, um yeah, let's hope, man. I mean, we've got one game to see with McCown, and if it doesn't happen this week, then I think we know our answer. Uh, Newsflash, that's just in. The Browns haven't been good this season. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> another question with the Browns, and obviously is Eric Coel. He was somebody who I was backing at the start of the year, but any of the leagues I had him in, I've kind of moved him along uh, after the stretch he had in the first six weeks, and he's had a really tough time of it as of late. Uh, I'm just getting the question a lot, and he's somebody who I think in PPR leagues has the potential to be a little bit like a Giovanni Bernard, but he's not getting those targets but again last year as you mentioned with Barnage uh, his production was kind of with McCowan in the lineup and that's Duke Johnson do you think uh, it's time that we'll see the Browns start to give him uh, a little bit more of a workload um they could I mean certainly like you mentioned Crowell has not been good and you know he's sort of a one trick he's I mean he's a one trick pony he doesn't uh, do anything else but they you know he runs the ball and even that he's not doing much because the Browns are so bad that they're playing behind most of the time so of course they're not running the ball I mean he hasn't had more than 12 carries since week five and if you can't catch the ball out of the backfield then you have little to no value so if you've got Duke Johnson um you know even if they uh, see an uptick in production offensively I think defensively they're still not great so they're going to be behind and they're going to be playing catch up and I think you know if you had to pick one of the two which if you have to that's a really bad spot to be (laughs) at but if you had to uh I probably would go Duke Johnson there yeah and uh just another note on Crowell um, over the, the past seven games he has had 167 yards combined rushing and he has 37 over his past three which really is not good for a starting running back in the NFL uh, one last note on the Browns and this one sorry to, to rub it in Browns fans but uh, Ben <laughs> Roethlisberger is now tied for the most all-time uh, wins by a quarterback at first energy stadium which is the browns home field and that includes browns quarterback so that just goes to show how tough of a time they've had uh you know 
over the last kind of 15 20 years and uh ben roethlisberger continues to be a real thorn in their side moving on hey uh, they won the nba finals though like they're good yeah. they're okay it's a bit like the the cubs won the, the world series so the bears are taking a bit of a, a dump this yeah season like look those cities had their fun i mean yeah. they, they let's not get greedy here yeah exactly uh moving on now to uh the buffalo bills LaShawn mccoy dislocated his thumb this past week he had surgery not long after the game ended on sunday there's a possibility he will play this week it's on his non-dominant hand but again i always think uh, rex ryan talks up these injury scenarios is that yeah yeah it's gonna be absolutely perfect we've seen them roll out mccoy a few weeks ago and hurt his hamstring again so we'll see what happens i think it's more talk than actual possibility of him playing this week do you see him possibly lining up this week do you think you know if you're giving it a percentage chance more or less than 50 50 uh, with McCoy, no, I would give it more more than 50-50. I think he probably goes. Um, you know, look, that offense it revolves around him. I mean, he's the best player on the team. Uh, and they're a run-first team. So, And from the sounds of it, I mean, look, it, any injury is not good. But uh, with a thumb injury, I feel like, you know, that's a little more uh, uh, able to be worked through than, say, like a hamstring or an ankle or something like that. So, personally, I think he plays. But, look, even if he does it, Mike Gillisley has not been bad this season. He's averaging five and a half yards per carry. Um, and, like I said, they, they are a run-oriented team. So, uh, should McCoy not be able to go and, and you've got Gillisley as a handcuff, I would be perfectly comfortable with that. And uh, speaking of Farmer, um, Bill's running back, somebody who's with the Steelers on the practice squad, Carlos Williams, who had a nice season last year. Then obviously this offseason, there was a lot of hope from up until his weight issues. And then he had a, a four-game suspension. He's now suspended for the next 10 games because uh, of a substance abuse. Uh, it's his second suspension. So somebody who was high hopes for this time last year uh, really things haven't gone according to plan for him. The other Bill I want to talk about is Robert Woods. Knee injury seems likely to miss at least a couple of games. And with Sammy Watkins out of the scene, he was starting to pick up a lot of targets. And, you know, Sammy, there's possible talk of him coming back in the next week or two. Um, obviously, with Woods out, do you think there's a chance they rush Sammy back? Or do you think it's, you know, they've learned from their past mistakes? Uh, no, I think with Rex, they, there's definitely a good chance they rush him back. Um, I don't, I don't know Rex to be, uh, uh cautious. He doesn't on that think front. it true so, sometimes, no. Yeah. So no, he definitely could. I mean, I don't know that Sammy is close enough even to consider that. Hopefully not. Uh, hopefully he can have uh, ample time to heal, but if he can't, I mean, I don't know that there's any receiver there in Buffalo worth owning at this point. I mean, look, Robert Woods was barely worth owning before he got hurt, and he was the best of the bunch besides Watkins. So, um, yeah, hopefully you're not in that dire of straits that you're uh, uh, trying to decide which Buffalo receiver to pick up. Yeah, on to a couple injuries that are more minor injuries as in time-consuming, but there's still this first one's going to make him miss at least this week's game, and that's Andrew Luck. He suffered a concussion, uh, finished the game on Sunday, but uh, then went into the concussion protocol. He is out. Scott Tolzien is going to get the start uh, for the Colts, and that, for my information, is going to give immediate uh, downgrade uh, to all the Colts' uh, skill position players. Scott Tolzien, somebody who, as a Packers fan, I watched play uh, in MetLife Stadium in New York uh, when Aaron Rodgers was injured a couple of seasons ago against the Giants, and it was one of the least pretty uh, things I've ever seen <laughs> in my entire life. So get ready for it, football fans. Thanksgiving, we're going to see uh, Scott Tolzien back out there. But with the Colts, uh, obviously we're talking about Dante Moncrief in particular and T.Y. Hilton. Do you think uh, it gives a 
huge deduction i think like somebody like moncrief as well who uh, has a hamstring issue going into the game gonna be a game time decision he's somebody who i'm immediately sitting more so due to the hamstring but due to i think there's gonna be a huge uh you know change in the emphasis on on the game script here for the colts yeah uh, i think uh, personally i'm a big fan of ty hilton so yeah. i think he's you know quarterback proof yeah, yeah. Uh, so I, I personally wouldn't downgrade Hilton. i mean look he may not get 170 yards like he can with luck <laughs> but, uh i think you know you still start him obviously yeah. but i'm with you on moncrief i think uh, he's definitely a guy that uh, is going to be severely hurt on this because i just don't think there's going to be the distribution to go around to to make up for it you know i mean hilton's their 1a he's going to get his but with moncrief along with the injury to him like you mentioned uh yeah i would be probably downgrading him at this point i mean even yardage wise moncrief Moncrief hasn't been great this year. Yeah. Now, he's caught a touchdown in every game uh, that he's played, so that sort of salvaged it. But yardage-wise, we haven't really seen it yet. So, uh, yeah, I would definitely uh, downgrade Moncrief for sure. Yeah, I agree with that. And I think the tight ends as well, you know, there could be he might be used the middle of the field a little bit more in some shorter passes. But, again, there's two tight ends in there, and Dwayne Allen and Jack Doyle. And it's very hard to tell which way it's going to go, so I, I wouldn't be too confident in using either of those. Frank Gore as well make it an uptick in work. But, again, he'll probably see a more stacked box uh, w- without the fear of <laughs> Andrew Luck behind centre. So we'll see what happens there for the Colts on Thursday Night Football. Next up, another concussion that is Mark Ingram. He expects to be cleared and play this week for the Saints. Obviously splitting time in the backfield with uh, Tim Hightower how do you see this going forward it's it's been something that is just a, it's a split backfield at the moment it's been for the last three weeks uh, since the fumble against the Seahawks I think it goes forward going in the same way but I think there's enough uh, you know carries and pass uh, catching ability for the running backs here for both of them to remain fantasy relevant as we head towards the playoffs yeah um you know, if I had to pick one, though, I might go Hightower, uh, which, you know, I never thought I would say. Um, but look, the last four games, Hightower has 69 carries. Ingram has 36. I mean, it is a timeshare. It's not a, a bell cow situation. But I, I got to believe Hightower is the preferred back there, at least of Sean Payton. Now, the entire fantasy community obviously prefers Ingram and is kind of a head scratcher on why he's not the starter. But yeah, I, I'm telling you, man, I probably would go Hightower if I had to pick one. I agree. I think they're both fantasy relevant just because of the nature of the offense. But, um, yeah, it's just a weird, weird situation there, and it continues to be. Yeah, obviously the game that uh, he had the fumble on one of the first carries, that helped that wor- workload share. But then again, the, the concussion last week at halftime obviously bumps up those stats as well in, in Hightower's favor. I think, you know, seeing Hightower run through uh, the Panthers in that second half last week, I was just thinking – uh, that could be Mark Ingram doing the exact same thing, <laughs> and possibly more. So, but I, I have to admit, he has looked uh, pretty good in the role that he he has. But I think both of them. And on, my problem is on a number of rosters that I have Ingram, I also have Hightower, and uh, you know, picking which one to play can be quite a tough tough call. Hasn't just play both, man. Just start yeah. them both. I also Come on, let's get crazy. Sean McCoy as well, and I can't uh, set him for time. Oh, okay. All right. Fair enough. <laughs> but uh, moving on to uh, another running back that I own, and it has just hasn't been a season. Hasn't been the season for many of the Jaguars players it is TJ Yeldon uh, ankle injury he is possibly going to miss this week as well Uh, obviously that'll give a bigger workload to Chris Ivory do you think uh, you know with Ivory having that whole backfield he's he's actually with the the workload he's got he's uh, put up some points over the last couple of weeks Oh, yeah. I, again, it, it goes back to the workload. If, yeah. if Yeldon can't go uh, and it's all Ivory's, then, yeah, I think Ivory's definitely startable. Now, 
how good he's going to be, I don't know about that. He hasn't particularly been good this season. Um, <laughs> and look, you really have to wonder at what, at what point do the Jaguars sort of go, you know what, the season's over, pack it in, let's play some of our younger guys um, and see what they can do. That would be my concern with Ivory rest of the season is they may just go, look, you know, rest up, Chris. I mean, they signed him for five years or something yeah. ridiculous like that. So, <laughs> you know, they might as well pack it in and, and rest him up for next season. That would be my concern with them. Yeah, I, I would agree with that as well. Uh, moving on to another running back situation uh, and the Eagles again. I talked like Rex Ryan was starting to talk up things with injuries. Uh, the Eagles have been talking up this week that Ryan Matthews and Darren Sproles still aren't out of this uh, upcoming game. Ryan Matthews hurt his knee. Darren Sproles, I think, has a cracked rib. Um, so that'll obviously be painful to play through, but uh, there is still the possibility. It's amazing. So it still amazes me when we talk about NFL players that some of the injuries we have. We're talking about uh, LaShawn <laughs> McCoy with a broken thumb. He's had surgery uh, less than three days ago as we record this talking about yeah he'll probably play this going sunday i know yeah. i'd probably like take a month off work if yeah. i broke my thumb just i, I can't i can't uh, use my phone my thumb's broke <laughs> <laughs> right but uh darren sproles as well the cracked rib and uh, they're talking about him possibly suiting up but there should be a, a good increase in workload this week for wendell smallwood and he has actually been getting quite a nice workload over the last couple of weeks uh worked into that backfield with the three of those guys I would probably rank them going forward for the rest of the season. Darren Sproles, then Wendell Smallwood, then Ryan Matthews. How do you see it? I think Matthews has been getting in the end zone, which has been saving his fantasy value. But uh, in between, uh, if he wasn't getting those touchdowns, I think uh, he'd be pretty much a bust this year. Yeah, and that's another weird situation where, you know, a lot of people were very high on Matthews, obviously, because he was the starter. And and it seemed as if uh, with Peterson there, they were going to run the ball a lot. but. Uh, you know, it just didn't materialize. And then, of course, Matthews got injured like he always does. So uh, Sproul sort of uh, got a lot of attention, which I was high on Sproul's too, especially in PPR leagues, because he was still really good at that. But um, with these injuries, I'm a big fan of Smallwood. I think this week especially he could do pretty well. I mean, he's going up against Green Bay, which, you know, let Rob Kelly just slash them last week. So uh, this week I think Smallwood's a good play. But uh, the rest of the season, yeah, I know. I'm just, Hey, I'm just, I, you saw I'm just showing him a, saw, a Packers cup on the on the screen for those who. I was going to say, obviously, you saw audio the game. that doesn't work. Yet. <laughs> yeah, you saw the game, so it wasn't uh, it wasn't I pretty. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I don't know. Rest of the season, oh man, you know they're they're still quasi in the in the playoff hunt. So I feel like Peterson's going to lean on the veterans for that. So I still personally might go Sproles, Matthews, Smallwood, but uh, for this week, if Smallwood's the only guy healthy, then I think he has a big week. Yeah, and I think as well, when you look at sometimes with rookies, you see them start to come on around this time of the season, the second right. half of the season, and get that opportunity. So that's why I think there's an interest. Uh, and if you're looking towards the playoffs, I think he's definitely, even if you don't play him this week, I think he's definitely somebody worth stashing. Uh, we got a question on Twitter, and I thought I got a quite a good laugh out of uh, your response. It was from at Fitz underscore 842, and he was wondering, what's the outlook uh, for Marvin Jones' rest of season? And your reply was simply uh, tree poop emojis. Uh, any more elaboration? on that for the Lions wide receiver uh no I don't think it, it's necessary I think <laughs> I think the three poop emojis were sufficient not two and not one but definitely a, a three poop emoji <laughs> response but um no it's just it's really uh that's another you know it, it was interesting obviously Jones had the super hot start yeah. um you know he had I think close to 200 yards one game and at Green Bay and yeah. you know yeah. people Against thought oh he's the new Calvin Johnson he's completely taken over but it just, you know, the offense just isn't focusing on him whatsoever. I think he has 19 targets in the last four games, which uh, that just won't get it done, especially if you are not making the most of those 19 targets. So, 
Um, yeah, I think definitely on uh, on shorter benches for sure, he's definitely droppable and yeah. definitely not startable in any format at this point. Yeah, I agree with you. And it was very interesting after those four weeks, you know, we were all talking about what has happened to Golden Tate and uh, the problems with him. And it's obviously switched around kind of 180 degrees uh, to where we're wondering what's wrong with Jones. But um, I think the guy's still there to get used, to, to use as theoretic, particularly in PPR leagues. And then looking uh, towards, it looks like Abdullah is possibly on the road back as well. So we'll see how that timeshare goes in the backfield. Then uh, moving on to the 49ers and uh, Chip Kelly has said that Carlos Hyde is going to be the main focus of what they're doing offensively. I think that's quite a smart choice for them. Uh, how do you see uh, it going and how much of a workload? I think he pretty much gets at least uh, 75% of all the carries going forward. Oh, I think he will, but I don't think it, it'll matter <laughs> because they're so bad. And look, this is where um, you have an advantage. So you're a Packers fan. I'm a 49ers fan. They're really bad. It's really so bad the there. <laughs> yeah. Well, look, you have four wins. I would I would kill to have four wins at this point. So, um, but no, the reason I say it won't really matter is, yes, I agree with you. I think Hyde is, is the starter. I think he's the bell cow. And I think he's good in, you know, yeah, in good. a vacuum. But yeah. the 49ers defense literally gives up 70 plays a game. The defense is on the field for 70 plays a game, which means the 49ers offense is not on the field for uh, a lot of plays there. So I don't know that, you know, they're going to be in a situation where they're going to want to run the ball a whole lot. I mean, obviously early on in the game, but once you go down two touchdowns, it's kind of hard to uh, justify running the ball still. So, um, look, I think he's still probably a a good running back too, but I don't think he's going to win anybody uh, championships going down the stretch here. Yeah, pretty much agree there. But I I do think... Even with no matter how bad a team is, there can be chances when they get in the red zone. I think he, he might put a few of those away too. I do, I do like his I hope ability. So, man. Yeah. I hope so. I do like other, his ability. Other, even if they and if they don't, then we completely tank it and we get the number one pick next year. I'm okay with that too. So. <laughs> uh, moving on to we mentioned earlier Rob Kelly and he just pretty much ran through the Packers for fun this past uh, week. Uh, three touchdowns for him. He's had a very very good uh, kind of stretch over the last. I think it's three weeks now since uh, Matt Jones kind of got uh, the boot. He's been inactive for the last couple of weeks. Um, I think he's pretty much looked very, very solid. And I think if you do on him, I think you have to start him moving forward. Oh, definitely. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and believe me, I wasn't I wasn't on board at first, but I definitely am now. Um, and look, they seem to just have a lot more trust in him than they ever did in Matt Jones. I mean, Matt Jones did okay the first part of the season. He didn't have, you know, the, I think, sub three yards per carry like he did last year in his rookie season. But um, it seems like Kelly is just playing a lot better uh, for them, and they seem to just trust him a lot more. I mean, they're they're literally giving him all the carries at this point. So, and the one thing he is doing that. Uh Matt Jones wasn't doing as he's taking care of the football and he's not having those right. fumbling issues and I think that's that's been the key there and uh, I mentioned earlier Doug and Rob Kelly uh, he uh, you know it was a case of every running back that could possibly have a, a chance at that job he wanted to get it ahead of Matt Jones so I think he, he's really enjoying uh, Matt, uh, Rob Kelly getting a run through uh, for the Washington Redskins at the moment uh, Rashid Jennings for the Giants uh, he was their number one running back this past week uh, there was no timeshare it looked like Paul Perkins was starting to get more of a workload uh, didn't happen this week he outtouched his uh, teammate 26 to 6 so uh, it's a uh, you know I think do you think it's going to be that way going forward it just it's so hard to call what the hell is going on with this backfield yeah I think so um, you know a lot of people have sort of been waiting for that Paul Perkins uh, breakout game that just hasn't materialized yet so uh, and look at Jen- yeah and look Jennings is doing pretty good I mean even according to our uh, PFF stats he was the third best running back in week 11 so 
Um, yeah, I think it stays this way. I think he's definitely the guy to own in that backfield. And look, we should all be glad they're not still giving it to Andre Williams in the uh, in the red zone there. So yeah, oh, talk about those days. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, that's a name I haven't heard in a while. Uh, moving on to the Patriots, uh, Malcolm Mitchell, the rookie, had a big game this week: four catches for ninety-eight yards and a touchdown against your Forty Niners. Uh, what did you make of his performance? And uh, the way Brady spreads around, obviously Gronk wasn't involved in this game. I don't think it's going to be consistent this year anyway uh, going forward. I think he is somebody who has talent long term, but and uh, and redraft formats of this year, I don't think he's somebody uh, really worth rostering. How do you see it? Uh, yeah, uh, I'd probably agree. I mean, again, it depends on your bench, but uh, I'm with you. I think once Chris Hogan comes back, he yeah. probably takes that job back over. Yeah, uh, and that's really, in. yeah, and that's why the, the Mitchell, that's why Mitchell stepped in this week. But yeah, uh, like you said, there's just so many guys there that are higher priority uh, for Brady, whether it's Gronk, whether it's, you know, the combo of James White and Deion Lewis, whenever he's fully healthy. Um, even Martellus Bennett, even though he didn't have a great game last week, I think is still probably going to be uh, higher up on the food chain than Mitchell is. Uh, and then you got Edelman, I mean, after all that. So, yeah, I'm with you. I think it's probably uh, too inconsistent to uh, to trust him at this point. But I think he's great for Dynasty Leagues, and yeah. if you can yeah. grab him for next year, I think you should. Yeah, definitely. I, I do agree with that. And I think after this week's game, probably the time to buy him in Dynasty Leagues has uh, disappeared for a few weeks. <laughs> right. uh, Martellus Bennett was somebody who I was very high on going into the week. Uh, you know, just I think he had one catch at the end of it. Uh, just wasn't really what, what we were expecting in the game plan, but sometimes these things happen. Uh, speaking of game plans, it was a very strange game last week with Miami playing against the Rams. Um, you know, hell scoreless, I think, for... Um, up until I think it was two minutes left on the clock or something like that. <laughs> right. there, uh, you know, there was pretty much no time. Then the Rams missed a field goal, uh, fourteen points uh, to the Dolphins. They go out with the win. But the the big the big talking point I had out of that game was how Devontae Parker has looked over the last two games in particular. Uh, he's starting to look like he could be a wide receiver three heading towards the rest of the season. There is obviously the chance that he could be a bust certain weeks and not put up the points. But he had uh, caught eight passes for seventy nine yards against the Rams and caught that game winning score. And there was a couple of very very spectacular catches in that and over the last two games 13 catches for 182 yards for him so is he somebody you're starting to buy into obviously there's a lot of talent there uh, you know first round pick but how do you see him going now into the playoffs is he somebody that you would trust yeah I, I think you nailed it wide receiver three I think is where I would love to have him because obviously the upside that is, kind of is flex right yeah, I mean, the flex or the upside is pretty good there. And, you know, the last two weeks, he's become the most targeted guy in Miami. He's at 18 targets. You've got, and behind him, you've got Kenny Stills with 12. And then Jarvis Landry with 11. It's kind of interesting how the offense has kind of changed with Ajayi doing so well. Uh, they sort of have that ability to do some play action and to go deep now. Before, as we all know, they had Jarvis Landry who had like 200 targets <laughs> in a season. Uh, and he, you know, they, he had like five yards per catch. I mean, he just wasn't going downfield and they didn't need him to. But now with Ajayi, they've got sort of that short yardage option. Uh, that sort of opens the field up and lets him go deep. And look, that's why they drafted Parker in the first round in the first place. So, yeah, I think he's a great uh, a great guy for that spot. And, uh, you know, don't look now, but Adam Gaze is starting to do a really nice job, actually, uh, with this team. And, you know, the defense is starting to... You know, they were kind of a laughing stock after four weeks of the season. They've turned it around quite, quite well. Have you been now, I'm not. I'm not going to say Ryan Tannehill is, like, good yet, okay? Six, I'm not six, there six, yet. Six. I, I, I think he's, you know, he's squarely middle of the pack. And I don't think he'll ever... Uh, ascend into elite level but you're right I mean look I was really high on Gase and the Dolphins offense 
heading into this season. And like you said, they sort of uh, hit some speed bumps early on. But yeah, I mean, look, they, they're pretty hot at this point and they've got a good shot to make the playoffs now. Yeah, and the defense has really turned it around. Kiki Alonso with a couple of nice games. Uh, you know, he got traded over from Philadelphia as well. So it's, it, I'm going to be interested to see how they go the next couple of weeks as well uh, and, and the actual NFL rather than just from a fantasy perspective. Uh, somebody we mentioned, obviously, uh, Devante Parker, somebody who might still possibly be on some waiver wires. That's Jamison Crowder. He scored either a touchdown or put up 100 yards in five straight games. Uh, have you been impressed with uh, his workload and how he's been playing? He's somebody who I was high on going into the season, but when he had those first couple of good games, I started trading him away in a, a number <laughs> of dynasty leagues. Is he somebody that you think is the real deal? Obviously, a couple of the wide receivers there and LeSean Jackson uh, and Pierre Garçon out of contract this offseason. Could you see him being a, a number two there or a number one there? Uh, oh, uh, yeah. Absolutely. Maybe not number one, but I think he's going to fit that slot role really, really well. Uh, And even this season, look, Washington passes a lot. They have 38 pass attempts a game, and you've got Deshaun Jackson now, who I think uh, last time I saw is questionable or maybe uh, even doubtful. Yeah, Yeah. so uh, if he can go, obviously you've got Dotson, who's done for the season, or at least on injured reserve. So, look, Crowder is still only, you know, second uh, or third at worst on the the target sort of distribution there. So I think for this season and even – He's a good option, but especially for next season, because like you said, you've got Jackson and Garcon who probably aren't there next year. So that leaves him with Crowder, Dotson and Jordan Reed to throw to, which those are three pretty good guys to throw to. So he's been uh, he's been super efficient too with his targets. Uh, you know, it's not like he's getting a huge huge uh, target share, but with the targets he is getting, he's he's making a lot with them as well. Uh, Cam Newton has just four touchdowns in his past four games and heading into the playoffs. I own him in a couple of leagues that are in contention. How worried are you about uh, Cam Newton's uh, production uh, this season? Um, I'm, I'm pretty worried. Uh, and the reason I say that is, uh, the rushing yardage just isn't there like it used to be. I mean, he's averaging a career low as far as rushing yards in a game, which that used to be such a big part of his fantasy production. I mean, he ran it like a running back and had the production to show for it. But, um, this season, it's just not there. I think it was, you know, 30 yards a game that he's averaging rushing when he used to average easily 40 or 50. So, um, that's way off. And that, that would be, uh, the biggest sign of me of something wrong there. Uh, moving on to the next uh, nugget here, it is Doug Martin. He's continued his uh, healthy comeback for the Bucks. Obviously, he was out for a number of weeks with a hamstring injury. Then he had the setback. He had 105 uh, total yards in the game against the Chiefs on 27 touches. He looks to be all the way back healthy, and uh, I think I would have no doubts uh, moving forward with him in the lineup. Uh, you the same, Accord? Yeah, uh, I think so. I mean, just based on on last season and his prior history, and just the the role he's got. I mean, you know, they've that's another backfield that's had a lot of injuries, whether it's Sims or Rogers. But I'm a little concerned because just so far he's averaged, I think, two and a half yards a carry in the season or something like that. Yeah. Uh, and it's not necessarily like it's a line problem. I mean, you had Jaquiz Rogers who went off for a couple <laughs> weeks. Uh, he averaged four and a half yards per carry when he was doing that. So. You know, I think Martin's fine. I think they're probably just ramping him up, recovering from the injury. So, uh, but I'll say this: if he doesn't do it this week, then uh, I would be extremely concerned for the uh, fantasy playoffs. Yeah, I agree with you there. Somebody I want to mention as well is uh, Steve Smith. He got his thousandth reception uh, after getting eight catches this past week, uh, ninety-nine yards and a touchdown for him. It's his first uh, game with two TDs, I think, since twenty thirteen. But 
will this guy ever die? <laughs> <laughs> no, there's no, he won't. There's just incredible. some guys that won't. There's some guys that won't. There's him, Antonio Gates, uh, Jason Witten. Those guys will always be around. Uh, long after you and I are gone. Yeah, so. and uh, I just seen a, a tweet uh, not too long before we started recording. I think it was Jalen Ramsey and some other rookie that were obviously saying they'd lost spec- respect for Steve Smith, and uh, he said he was losing a lot of sleep over it, so much sleep that he uh, couldn't uh, get his, his cleats to uh, Canton. So I think he's definitely going straight to the Hall of Fame, and he can have little bits of fun like that with rookies who uh, want to run their mouth off. But he's, uh, he's just had a, a tremendous career and somebody who we thought – you know, was going to retire last year, had that injury, and has battled his way back and uh, put in another solid year again, leading the wide receivers for the Baltimore Ravens. Next up, Stephon Diggs is likely to be out this Thursday versus the Lions, so possibly listening to this after the game, and you'll know what has happened, but if you're listening to it before the game, uh, he is likely to miss that one, and he's had a a very nice season PPR-wise. You know, it's been a tough year offensively at the moment for the for the Vikings but he's had a, a solid year and just when we're talking about them I've mentioned him on a few shows recently about picking him up if you were you know stuck at wide receiver Carderell Patterson uh, although it was a kickoff return uh, this past week but he's he's looked uh, pretty solid in the passing game what have you thought of, of Patterson's kind of I don't know all uh, pre-hype uh, start to start to get to a regular level i know it, it only took four years for him to yeah. put it together so uh, we all, we all but, thought after his rookie season he was the next coming <laughs> oh yeah um i think he's good honestly i'm probably more uh, uh favoring Thielen there in that offense yeah, i think yeah, yeah. Uh, nice uh we'll probably take last week for him as well yeah and i think he's just a, a probably a better uh, i think he's better at every facet than patterson at this point now that's not to say they both can't have decent games i think they did last week actually but um yeah if i had to pick one i'd probably go Thielen. i mean he's a he's a really good route runner uh and he's done well in place of Diggs. i mean Diggs has missed some time this season and Thielen stepped right in and they didn't miss a beat on that i would just hope and pray uh the vikings can protect sam bradford long <laughs> enough for him to get the ball out so yeah. uh, but if they can do that i think uh, i think Thielen's a good option there though yeah and obviously before the game last week there was word that Thielen was going to get more targets and that did uh, a, a very productive game but if Diggs does miss this one out uh, against this Lions secondary who who have had their issues this season uh, I think that you know Thielen there is a very very good shout and uh, he's, a, he's a must start this week I think anyway even uh, if Diggs does play in this one we've done this show in a kind of different format than we normally do we normally go down through all the games but I think we've pretty much hit uh, all the topics there for the week rather than go through the games in an individual matter one by one but is there any game or any team or any player in particular heading into week 12 that you think is uh, you know a must must like under the radar starter anything that you have to add about uh, week 12 michael uh under the radar uh, Even if, it's not under, if you have any talking point that you think we've missed <laughs> <laughs> um you know uh, i think uh, i i'm from dallas so I, i'm probably looking forward to the cowboys game even though i despise the cowboys with every <laughs> the fiber of my being but uh, i just continue to be impressed by dak i mean we all knew about elliot going in that he was mm-hmm. going to be a stud but uh, with Dak, I mean, that he continues to impress. I mean, he's a legit top-five option at this point uh, at quarterback. And honestly, the same thing with uh, Marcus Mariota as being a quarterback uh, is concerned. I think he's really surprised a lot of people and has Not been me. a legit quarterback one so far this year. You know, yeah, He was one of my big uh, selling po- or buying points going into the season, Marcus Mariota, and uh, I think he's starting to prove that I still think there's more upside there for the rushing yardage to, to start to pick things up. And he's been very unlucky this season. He seems to be a player that, 
every time he has a fumble or every time he has an interception it goes for a touchdown but we'll see how that goes but the titans have uh, had a, a nice run so far we'll see how they do this week coming uh, i kind of put you on the spot there with that but it was just that i thought we had a few minutes left to try and fill something in. oh just, yeah <laughs> well and with Mariota, by the way uh, a fun fact he has had two passing touchdowns in every game this season yeah. but one yeah he's That's, been really good and yeah. look i was not a believer in malarkey being the head coach there i thought that was a certain disaster but <laughs> Uh, look, they proved me wrong, at least offensively. Mariota, DeMarco Murray, who I don't think anyone saw this kind of production coming. Um, they've all been really good, and you got to give them credit for that. Yeah, I agree with you, and I, I agree with you on the malarkey point. I didn't think that he was going to be, be able to coach a team uh, to this degree as well. I'm not a big fan of his, but he's, he's done a nice job so far. The last thing to finish when we're talking about coaches that I'm not a huge fan of, and that is Jeff Fisher. This is via Chris Bork of Sports Illustrated. The Rams have never been above... 500 after 10 games of a season under Jeff Fisher and it's amazing how he still he still rolls on as the as the head coach look uh, I don't think even fans of the fans of the Rams are fans of Jeff Fisher at this point I don't think anyone is <laughs> I don't even know uh, is Jeff Fisher a fan of Jeff Fisher anymore I I don't know I mean it, I don't know if he's just collecting paychecks at this point or what but it's pretty incredible that in this day and age of the NFL where uh, seemingly, you know, it's a results-oriented league, obviously, and you need to produce, and you need to produce quickly. That he's managed to stick around this long without producing that <laughs> that much. I mean, uh, he definitely hasn't produced with the Rams, and even with the Titans uh, towards the end there, it's not as if he was, you know, making Super Bowls left and right. I mean, he made one. Yeah, so I think it's down to um, making that one that people still buy into the hope uh, that that he can do something like that again. But I guess, but even that, that was all Steve McNair at that point. So. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if he's just a great schmoozer, you know, with the with the GMs and the owners that he works for or what. But look, I give him credit for sticking around this long. And look, if there's any legacy for him, it's to get the all time record for most losses. I think he's like three or four away. So I think he probably uh, get look, that before it, the end of the season. It, it, yeah, <laughs> at least uh, his names will be in the record books for something. Yeah, so. and uh, obviously before we finish up, I mentioned at the start of the show, I meant to plug it a little bit more, but you're involved with uh, Pro Football Focus Fantasy, you're the host of the Fantasy Slant podcast. Um, and you're on twitter as well obviously at pff underscore more uh, is there anything uh, you've coming up whether it's the podcast whether it's writing on the site that uh, you want to give a plug to uh, ahead of week 12 uh you know we got the podcast uh, i'm on there twice a week i'm actually recording in 12 minutes right after this so be sure to we listen have another, to that. Uh, 15 um, minutes to go here <laughs> there you go yeah right just kidding um other than that uh i do uh, i do some dynasty stuff over at pro football focus that's sort of what uh how i got my start there i actually did dynasty idp articles for uh, a time there which uh yeah, yeah, which uh, gets a lot of clicks, let me yeah. tell you. But um, but no, uh, just a couple stuff. And uh, as far as upcoming stuff, I don't know. I've got a kid coming, like in a month. That's pretty big. I don't big. know if that's a plug yeah. or what, but uh, <laughs> there you go. Yeah. yeah, that's pretty big. Obviously, congratulations. Hopefully, that's all going to go smooth. And obviously, you're going to be busy as we head uh, towards the end of the season and into the playoffs. But as a 49ers fan, uh, you don't have to worry about the playoffs, so you'll have plenty of time there to uh, look after the kid but uh, best of luck all with about that. the draft man all yeah. about the draft next year I, I started looking <laughs> towards that probably before this season so. and uh, obviously obviously you mentioned dynasty as well and i like to talk a lot of dynasty in the off season i think it's a perfect time for it so uh, hopefully we'll get you back on to do that this off season but obviously on twitter i mentioned at pff underscore more i'm on twitter at overtime ireland the website as well as overtime ireland.com make sure you subscribe to the podcast and until i'm back next week and of course doug will be back and we'll have another guest on the show have a good one 
Thank you for listening to the Overtime Ireland American Football Podcast. Please follow us on Twitter at Overtime Ireland. Check out OvertimeIreland.com and continue to spread the word. This has been an Overtime Ireland production.